This podcast is created by Dr. Alfonso Brown and is a product of guidinglifeministries.org. That's guidinglifeministries.org. Good evening, beloved. Hey, have you ever wondered why God loves humans so much? You know they say God is love, but have you really thought about what that love means? Actually, I think if you really put in your time and you think about it, it is so deep that it becomes paradoxical. Yes, it's actually a paradox because the love of God is so strong and demonstrated to us that it defies understanding. We're all familiar with the story of Isaac and Abraham, but do you know that God actually did the the real thing? His beloved son was sacrificed for us all. And when you look at why and the underpinnings, it boggles the mind. Beloved, I'd like to talk today about the paradox of God's love. We're going to take a look at John chapter 17, verses 23 through 25. And we're going to attempt to understand the beauty, the harmony, the unimaginable death, and the paradox of God's love for us and for his son. Hello, beloved, and thank you for tuning in today. This is Dr. Alfonso Brown, and I wanted to thank you for listening to another episode of Life's Lessons in God's Word. And today I, I wanted to take some time to take a look at some of the verses from John 17. To me, John 17 is one of the most amazing uh, chapters in the Bible because it's Jesus' last lengthy prayer before he undergoes a horrendous crucifixion. And it's amazing in that in it he reveals a tremendous amount about himself and about his relationship to the Father. And I can tell you, brothers and sisters, something you already know. Jesus Christ, our Lord, was a true friend. Because if you read it, he not only talks about his love for the Father and his caring for all that the Father had asked him to do, which he did in obedience, but he also prays for his disciples, every single one of them. And he prays that God would protect them and unify them and watch over them. Amazing, amazing words and commitment from a true friend, exemplified in the personage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the things that I wanted to point out, uh, because I I am going to come back to this chapter at another point, because I just think it's absolutely amazing when you hear the way the Lord recounts his relationship with his Father and the love that they share. It's a beautiful thing. And I want you to put yourself in his position. At this point, Jesus knows he's going to die. And not only that, his father is going to watch his son die at the hands of the very ones he's come to save. I think a lot of people probably don't comprehend that. So so let's put it into sort of a human perspective. Imagine your child um, has gone out and made friends with all the people in his neighborhood, and he's picked a certain number, 
and you're living in a bad area, as it is, and your child has gone out of his way to take care of his friends, to provide food for them, to heal and help them, and to, to share all your, your goodness and your good things with his friends. And then you realize, as his father, that your child um, uh, has to make an even greater sacrifice for his friends. And the reason why is because you realize that if his friends don't change, they're going to go down the wrong path. So you send him out to encourage his friends to go down the right path. But you realize that this is a dangerous situation because his friends are so dangerous that they actually might harm or kill him. And as the father, you know that this is going to happen. But it's your son's desire and your desire because you love your friends so much. And because you love them so much, you allow your son to put himself into that position. There's a story that I once heard, and I'd like to recount it, that sort of shows this commitment in relationship. There was a man who had a young boy, and the man loved the boy. He loved him because he was the son that his wife, who had died, had left him, their only child, cherished and loved, cared for, and all that the man had, he gave to the boy. Now, the man had a lonely job. His job was to work at a lighthouse. So he worked at the lighthouse and he took care of the ships that were coming in, helping to lead them a safe journey. And his son watched him several times. Occasionally, there might be an issue where someone got stranded or lost at sea and his father was very skilled at rowing out and helping those people get back to shore. Now, one of the things that his father was concerned about was that his son did not always have the opportunity to associate with individuals in the area. The father went around this by encouraging his son to go out to the local school and to enroll, which he did. His son came back and said that he loved school. He loved the time that he had, and he'd made one friend. Now, it was interesting the way that his son had met the friend because this was a kid that no one at the school seemed to like. The young boy, though, loved this, this child and took him on as his friend. For purposes of this story, we'll call that friend Bob. The son told his father about Bob and they fast became good friends. He brought Bob over to the house. Bob was surprised to see that the boy lived with his father. And he saw that everything the father did, the son did, and vice versa. They shared secrets together, they spent time together, and the father would even take his son and Bob with him when they would row across the water just to take in the beauty. The son told Bob that his father was the keeper of the lighthouse, and his job was to guide in the ships and people if they got lost in the storms. He told him how much he admired his father's job and that everything and every secret that he knew his father shared with him. And he in turn lived to do and help the will of his father. Now, the one other thing that the father and his son had learned was that they loved God. And they had believed that even though his mother had died earlier, that she was with God. And they prayed to God every day and 
they kept fellowship with God, and God in turn blessed them. Unfortunately, Bob did not love God. He actually despised God. He blamed God for the fact that he was adopted and that he didn't get along with his parents. He also blamed God for the fact that he was in a foster home. And he said that he didn't really believe God cared about him. The son tried to talk to him about how good God had been and that there was a place called heaven that they would all go and how he was looking forward to seeing his mother again when they got to heaven. It was then that Bob said he didn't believe in God and he didn't care if he went to heaven or hell. He said any God who would let all that happen to him was not a God that he wanted to know and he decided to reject him. The son was very sad when he heard Bob's words and in private he told his father and they prayed for Bob. They prayed. But it seemed like the more they prayed, um, the worse Bob got. The only time he seemed happy was when he was able to come and meet with the son and his father and do things with them. Well, there was one day when the father and the son decided to take Bob out on a boat ride, and this time they went pretty far out from the lighthouse. Uh, they were enjoying the waves, watching the seagulls fly by, and watching the beautiful sun as it was starting to set on the far horizon. It was then that a sudden storm came up, and it was a vicious and very strong storm. The father, sensing the danger, started to row the boat back in. But as he was rowing it, the boat was being thrashed violently by the sudden onset of the wind and the waves. And the son, although he was a little nervous, had been through this before with his father. So he looked to the father, and he prayed to God, and he had peace. Bob saw him praying and said, what are you praying for? God's not going to save you. He's the one who let this happen. The son looked at him and said, I know that you don't believe in him, but this is one time you should probably reach out. God has always blessed us before, and I know he'll do it again. Bob shot back, I don't care if anything happens. I don't even care if I go right now, because this God has never helped me. Uh, the waves started to get much harder, and the boat began to heave up and down. And the father was a strong rower, and he started to row the boat back. And just as he was about to get close enough to feel like he was out of it, the boat capsized. They hit the water, and it was freezing cold, and now starting to get dark. Uh, Bob was in panic as he felt himself starting to sink. And he screamed out, I can't swim. The son, who was a strong swimmer, but not strong enough to make it ashore, looked at his father. And the father looked at them both. Now the father knew because of the distance, he could only potentially grab one to get them to shore. And he looked at his son, and he looked at Bob. He saw that the current was starting to take his son and Bob away. So then... The father looked at his son, the son looked at Bob, and he went to grab both. It was then that his son pushed him away and said, No, father, you take him and let me go. And he pushed himself out into the ocean, uh, and the waves took him away, and he died. Bob cried uncontrollably, as did the father, 
but he knew that if he didn't keep moving, that they too would drown. When they got to land, the father asked Bob how he felt. And Bob said, I, I don't know why you're asking me that. Shouldn't you be asking your son that, why he killed himself? Why did he do that? The father said, I never told you this, but before we went out, my son had prayed for you, and he prayed that you would come to know God. And he said that if it ever came to it, he would do anything so that you would know God the way he did. And so I know the reason why he gave his life today was because he knew that if you died, that you were not going to see God because of your unbelief that you likely would be going to a place where you would never be with God. And so he made peace with himself and he gave his life so that you could be saved. When Bob heard this, he cried. He couldn't believe that someone cared enough about him to sacrifice himself so that he could live. He looked at Bob's father and he says, how can I ever repay him? He was my best friend. The father looked at Bob and he said, the way that you repay him, Bob, is that you live a life where you learn about God and you make the most of yourself. You see, God is the one that's blessed you to be here now. He's the one that kept you alive and he wants to bless you even more. And the father, although he was sad that he lost his son, realized that his son gave his life so that his friend would not potentially spend an eternity away from God. Now, for those of you who hear this story, you probably think to yourself, well, that father was crazy. And who in their right mind would give up their son to let a complete stranger, if you will, live while their son died? And you know, when you think about it, I can't really say that I disagree with you. I mean, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. It goes against human nature. But God is not human. God is a spirit. So the next time you think about God, and you think about what God the Father asked God the Son to do, and now God the Son has come back in the form of God's Spirit, which lives in all of us, and the Son advocates for us. When you think about that, think about the fact that our God, this amazing person, image of God, has given his Son, gave his Son's life to sacrifice for you because he loved you so much so that by his death you could be reconciled to him and spend eternity with him and his son. And if you don't believe me that that's what he wants, <laughs> that's why I say this scripture verse in John 17 is so beautiful. For in verse 23 he says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you have loved me. Father, I want those whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you 
but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. What a beautiful love letter. It gives me chills to read the word. Here was a man who was about to die, and he knew that those who he had protected, he had given his life for, that they were going to betray him. They were all going to leave him alone to die. And yet, in his last words, he thanks God for each of them. And he thanks God for the love. And he gives his blessings and his protection to them and asks his father to do so. Beloved, um, you know, uh, I can't say that I would ever understand the nature of God. But all I can say is that in his infinite wisdom and his infinite power, he chose to send an incarnation of himself. You know, it's funny when you read the Old Testament and you read passages in the New Testament, you sometimes think to yourself, well, you know, I hear God off in the distance. I hear God talking. What would God actually say if he was there with them, walking around like a human being? Well, it was amazing, wasn't it? Because God came in the flesh, and just like he says, those who have seen me have seen the Father. He sent his son. He sent his cherished one. And he knew that he was going to die. He knew that his life would be taken by the creation because of the evil and the lies that they believed. And still he went willingly to the cross and gave his life. It's a beautiful story. It's a love story about a father for his son, about the creation and the redemption of the creation, about a solution to a problem that was brought on by his creation that will be paid for by the blood of his son. And I ask you this day, as you hear these words, if you were placed into a situation where you had to sacrifice your child, so that your enemies could live because you wanted to make them your friends and to show them that you love them, would you do it? If a God such as this would be so concerned about your well-being that he plans your life and then he sacrifices the greatest thing to him to redeem you, how could you turn your back on him? Or could you even understand what he was trying to do? So for me, beloved, I pray that my words show you that we've got a lot to try to learn and understand. My mind can't comprehend it or can't wrap around it because the glory of the love is so great. It's so powerful, so majestic, so awesome and yet so unexplainable. It goes against the very nature of who we are. But I thank God that in his wisdom he did it. And he sent the most beautiful example in the precious, cherished son who willingly sacrificed his life so that his enemies could live. Now I know I've given you a lot to think about today, beloved, and I pray none of us are ever in the position we have to think about sacrificing our own children for the lives of somebody else.
angels or enemies. But if you ever doubt the fact that God loves you, refer back to that story and try to comprehend what God gave up so that he could spend eternity with you. And with all of this, he still doesn't make us robots. He gives us a choice to serve him. And all I pray is that you consider whether or not you will serve him. You see, service to God is not necessarily a slave's role, no. Service to God is using your talents and your gifts to glorify his creation and to glorify him in the earth. By being the best you can be and helping other people, loving him, loving his creation, and helping each individual you come across to achieve their best, you bless the body. And just like the Lord said, you bring unity. Just as he and the Father and the Spirit are one, you bring that uniqueness and that unity into life. And isn't that what we're here for? Don't you want to be remembered as the person who brought life and unity to all of mankind and helped everyone that they met to be better? Well, beloved, that's why I podcast. Because even though I might never meet you personally, my words will live forever. And the spirit in these words, because they're sent from my Father, will go out and accomplish that which he intends them to do. And they will outlast me But I pray, as I speak them, that they bless all who hear it, and that this message will live on for generations to try to explain the uniqueness and the power of God's unspeakable and unimaginable love for humans. Beloved, until we meet again, thank you for listening to this episode of Life's Lessons in God's Word by Dr. Alfonso Brown. Beloved, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to this episode of Life's Lessons in God's Word. If you like this podcast, please visit our website at guidinglifeministries.org. That's guidinglifeministries.org. And while you're there, please subscribe to our podcast and listen to our other podcasts on that channel. We provide these podcasts as a way to spread God's loving word throughout the world and hopefully in our words to make this world a better and more beautiful place reflecting of the love of God. Until we speak again next time, thank you for tuning in, beloved. Peace and may the love of God be with you always.